is it? Gotta thank my dad for that. Thank my dad for the big ears. <clears throat> I know, but it's really annoying. <laughs> no, it just it's just not right. I don't want to screw it up for. <clears throat> I know, but you were fixing with it a lot, though, right? And that's a, it's just one of those things where you didn't even know you were, but you were. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. <clears throat> Is it possible to something over here that's really loud that's annoying me? Yeah. I got super bad ADD, so like between this and the sound, I don't want to be too distracted cuz then it's going to you guys are going to be like what the heck's wrong with them? More than what already is wrong with me. Yeah. So, cool. I'm a little nervous, which is awesome. Um, That's a good thing. It's been a little while. And uh, I'm excited. Always grateful for the opportunity. This thing is going to annoy the crap out of me. Okay. I'm just going to have to deal with it, I guess. Right? You just got to... There's going to be things in life that annoy you, and you just got to deal with them. Um, all right, well, I got some stuff I want to share with you guys. I'm super excited. I said that already. And it's just, it's, it's awesome when you hear from the Lord, and you know that this is where uh, He's speaking into your life. A lot of times you guys have probably heard that when you get asked to teach, and then you spend a bunch of time preparing... Um, a lot of times what you'll hear is that <clears throat> the, the people that get asked to teach will come up here and be like, okay, I did all of this studying. A lot of it was for me, and that's how it is. So that's kind of what initiated this is I was reading through First Timothy, which is where we're going to be if you want to start turning there. First <clears throat> uh, Timothy 4. I was reading through First Timothy and there was a section that just really hit me at the right time. And that's what I love about God's Word, is that if we 
seek to hear from him and we're not just reading it as like a book or something or I mean obviously we want to create good habits and I'm trying to create more of those this year and obviously uh, reading is one of them Uh, I'm also trying to create a habit of going to the gym again that's a habit that uh, is really hard to start but really easy to fall out of and so I have two weeks strong which is awesome I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. It's still the beginning of the year here. Uh, But one of the things that the Lord's been really hitting me on, and I'm just kind of prefacing this before we jump into it, is, um, well, a couple things. One is taking heed to our ministry, what the Lord has put in front of us, who the Lord has put in front of us, the ministries that he's using us in, And if we're not in a ministry, if we're not actively serving him right now, then why? Why not? Because from what I've experienced and what I've seen is that when you're actively involved in a ministry, actively involved in pouring into other people, whether it's children, teens, or adults, there's blessing not only for yourself, but also for those individuals so we can use God uses us to pour into other people and I think that's how he has it set up that's how he that's what he wants us to do to be poured into but then also to pour into other people and that's where I've seen growth in my life in other people's lives and hopefully as I'm standing up here today I want that to be the example of my life just like as we read in Timothy Paul being his spiritual father, um, he commands him and instructs him and encourages him to stay on course, to stay on path, to stick to the scripture, to not get led astray or take heed to all these other things that are grabbing our attention, that are trying to deceive and trying to pull us away from the truth. So, Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll jump into it and hear what the Lord has to say today. Father God, I thank you so much again for the opportunity to be used by you. It's one of the greatest um, feelings or satisfactions we can have um, to know that we are doing your work. We're being obedient, Lord. We're being vulnerable. We're getting out of our comfort area zone and we're we do this because of the love you have for us you give us the same heart and the same mind and we can pour out to to other people we're not to hold this in us but we have to proclaim it we have to protect and promote your goodness you don't need us lord but you choose to use us what an awesome blessing that is father to be used by you i pray that we would all be thinking today about how can i be used by you father and the gifts that you have given us that you freely give us what are our gifts what gifts have you given and am i using those gifts to give you the glory open our hearts and our ears this morning i pray all of this in your son's name Amen. So gifts, 
another section in here. <clears throat> I was terrified to speak in front of people pretty much my whole life until I came to Christ and even after, a little after that. Absolutely terrified. I would do everything I possibly could not to stand in front of people and speak. So that's kind of ironic, but that's, how, that's what God does is he takes the people that don't necessarily feel like they're capable or willing at times and he breaks them and he molds them and he gives them those tools to do the job and he gives them specifically gifts um, and so now if I just were to look back real quick I don't want to make this all about me so I apologize but just as an example um, just in the past six months he's given me lots of opportunities <laughs> to speak both in business, in life, whether it's coaching baseball, in ministries. And it's like, I look back, I'm like, oh my word, why, why, why do you have me speaking so much? Um, this is the opposite of what I wanted or what I thought I was capable of. Um, but at some point, you just have to embrace it and, uh, yeah, just do it, I guess. Part of life, part of, part of being an adult and maturing. Uh, and so we know that God is the giver of the gifts. And I have a little sticky note written on my computer screen so that I, I remind myself because I have the tendency to forget that God gave me a gift. Therefore, I need to l learn how to use that gift so that I can give it back to him in a sense, meaning use my gift properly and for his will in my life that, again, that he would get the glory. When I'm standing in front of 500 business leaders in Portland, Maine, and all of these people are way more educated than I am, they're, you know, way more successful than I am, uh, all these way mores, and I'm sitting in a table next to the president and CEO of the hot sauce company, Tabasco Hot Sauce Company. They own their own island. I'm sitting here, what am I doing sitting in this seat right sitting in this on this table right now and I got lawyers and bankers and doctors like all these people next to me I'm like huh okay <laughs> you got me here for a reason Lord as I'm sitting in the table I'm like what what is it obviously I've I've, I've done fairly decent in business or, and whatnot um, and maybe that's what they see but I see something different and as I'm sitting there at that table I felt the Holy Spirit tell me when, when, if you win, or I, I actually got a sense that I was going to win an award, and I got a sense that he was telling me to give him the glory. And I was like, oh, in front of all these people right now? Like, that's what you're going to? I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so I just, they, and sure enough, man, they called my name up, won the award, and I didn't have much of a speech prepared. <laughs> you're probably supposed to prepare a speech when you go to these things. Um. So what did I know what to say? I said, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, without him, I couldn't do anything. He gave the, the greatest sacrifice. I stuck to what I knew. I didn't prepare a speech, but I had God's spirit in me, bringing to remembrance and what was the most important thing to, to say, right? That, to me, that was the most important thing to say. And it was pretty silent, but... It was cool because I did have a couple of people come up afterwards and said that they were um, really proud of my witness for Christ. And it's like, that's, 
That's, that's such a reassuring thing. Here I am terrified to speak. And God is speaking to me. So I'm, I'm going to be obedient. And then he had somebody in that audience come up and say, hey, good job. I'm proud of you for standing up for Christ. Man, that is, that is powerful. So anyway, that was just something I wanted to share with you guys. Um, let's jump into the word while we're here. The reason why we're here today. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, the great apostasy. Now, as we read this, take into consideration that this is probably one big scroll. The chapter breaks were put in there for us so that it was easier for us to follow along. Uh, And this is Paul writing to Timothy. In verse 1, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in oh let's stop, let's stop right there i am going to you have to apologize uh, i don't have to apologize but understand my dyslexia and add i tend to slow down and and take it one verse at a time that's kind of been the calvary chapel mindset as well Uh, and that that's worked well for me i i can't read a whole section uh and retain all the information so i'm just going to kind of chop it up a little bit so bear with me uh in verse one we see we see the the word expressly and we see the spirit the spirit expressly says in the latter times well how does that how does that work right we don't we don't always how does the spirit speak in expressly in the latter times well the spirit spoke to me when i was at that uh conference or award ceremony it spoke to me and i obeyed what i knew because it was what was put on my heart and so we have the spirit speaking here and and says expressly in the latter times well let's break that down a little bit express expressly means emphasis there's an emphasis and it means with force this was revealed god revealed this through his spirit that in the latter times now obviously latter times paul wrote this this is like about 19 1900 years ago roughly so latter times is a fairly broad term it could probably more be better um, interpreted as a broad error in a, in a broad error, not just a couple of years, that some will depart from the faith. So we see that apostasy is that some will depart. And it's departing from what? It's departing from the faith. Now I think probably most of us in here know what the faith is. But if you don't, I have a couple verses that talk real quickly on the faith. And one of them is, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it, but you can if you want. It's Colossians 1.23. I'm going to just read 21 and 23. It says, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. 23, 
if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I became a minister. So there we go. We understand a little bit more about the faith. I am going to set a quick timer because it's been a little while since I've taught and I got a lot here and I want to be respectful of time. Um, (laughs) Well, I I know myself (laughs) now I can talk way too much and I really want to get to what God has to say here today. Obviously, I'm sure I have plenty of stuff to talk for hours, but again, I think if I set a timer, it's good accountability for me, but also if the Spirit speaks, I'm going to speak. So let's go 30. Okay, 30 is good. Um, Okay, and then the next one is 1 Timothy 1.19, which is just a couple pages back from where we are in 1 Timothy 4. And I didn't highlight it. Surprisingly, okay. Um, let's just do, let's start at 18. It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, some having rejected, concerning the faith, having suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So this, the faith, this faith that we believe in, it's, it's Christ. You know, it's, it's what we use to represent as Christians what we believe, our faith or the faith. And it's not really our faith, it's our faith in him. We all have that faith. We believe it in common. We're like-minded believers, you might have heard. Um, of the same mind. These are the essential teachings of Christianity. And it's not the same faith that this world talks about, right? Oh, you just got to have faith. No, it's not that. We're talking about the faith. And that is why we get uncomfortable and why we proclaim it, because it's the faith. That's what people, that's where, that's where we see people willing to die for. It's, it's the faith in Christ. What, what, who he is, and what we believe. That's what we have to be willing to stand for. That's what, we don't, that's what we have to be taking heed and being on guard, that we're not departing, we're not getting deceived, which we're going to see here next. Uh, it says, from the faith, going back to four, the second part of it, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demon. Now again, keep in mind, this is Paul instructing Timothy, a young pastor, we're going to learn a little bit more about him in just a second. Some of the other things that um, Paul um, commands him and reminds him. But right now, he's telling a young pastor that in the latter days, you need to be careful because people are going to depart from the faith and they're going to depart because of the deceiving spirits, because of the deception. And so we see that deception, we know that the first deception happened in Genesis 3, 4, and 5, uh, and that's, that's the deception of um, in Adam and Eve and the snake in the garden. It says, he said, Satan, the serpent said, uh, this is just paraphrase, you will, you will not surely die, 
For God knows that in the day you eat of it, talking about the tree, the fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. So that is the first deception, right? You will not die. When you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God. And, and that's what it is. It's that we can be gods and, op- and therefore we can operate independently from him. And if you've studied any of, any of the world religions, a lot of them talk about being a god. Um, and it's also more of man, so it's a man becoming God as opposed to what we believe, the faith. We believe God became a man. And he's the one that sacrificed for us. And then we have deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So doctrines of demons could be referred to as false teaching. And that's, we have to be very careful of people not teaching the whole counsel of God or they're using it and they're twisting it or maybe they're not even using it and they're just using their own doctrine. Um, but I, from what I've seen, is that typically Satan, who tries to portray himself as an angel of light, uh, he likes to use a little bit of the truth and, you know, uh, twist it to his liking. And so that's what I think it would be like, is it's going to have a little bit of the truth in it, uh, but then there comes the, the, the deception and the lies. And we can expect more and more people will depart from the faith um, and more and more false teachings in latter times. So does that mean that there's more false teachings out there or the false teachings are bring, being spread more quickly because of technology? Just a thought. The technology can really spread things very fast. It can spread lies very, very fast. It can spread, spread the truth very, very fast too. But it does seem like something that's... in. Uh, enticing to the ears you know a lie or something oh what what happened you know that spread that does seem to spread very fast all right so where do we play a part where do we play a part in this this is just a personal question for me i want to make sure that i'm abiding in him i want to make sure i'm close to him he tells us to abide in him I don't want to be the one that departs in the latter times. I don't want to be given to deceiving doctrine and, and uh, I'm sorry, doc, uh, false teachings and deception. I want to stay close in him. I want to be an example as we read here that Paul tells Timothy to be an example in word and conduct and love and purity. Uh, I want to take heed. And we're going to talk a little bit more about take heed um, because you hear that often, and I'm like, I don't, I, I mean, you hear it often when you read. You don't necessarily hear it too often in life, at least I don't. But take heed means to pay careful attention to or to take notice of, maybe slow down and, and pay attention. That's kind of something that God's been speaking to me personally and, and maybe some of you guys as well. So we are the church, right? We're men of God. We're leaders where he has us, called to be leaders, 
Therefore, our role, our responsibility is to proclaim the faith, the truth, right? The word, Christ. We must promote it, not in like a salesman type of way where, hey, you can, 20 bucks, man, I'll give you the goods, right? But promoting it in a, as a way of, hey, this can change your life. It changed my life and it can change your life as well. Uh, and how about protecting the truth? When somebody is twisting it, how do we protect it? We want to protect the things that we love and that mean the most to us. Well, the word of God means a lot to me that it's been preserved or, you know, my relationship with Jesus. If somebody's bad-mouthing my God, what do I, what do? I do? You know, I, I haven't always stood up for him. But there's been other, there has been times when I said, hey, hey, man, watch, watch what you're saying. That's like, that's my God, right? Like, chill on that a little bit. Stop dropping his name like that. Um, that's like a new age. Stop dropping the name. People need to clearly understand between the authentic and the counterfeit. Right? And, and so if you grab a, a $20 bill, right, bank tellers, they're trained to get a feel on what the bills feel like. You could get a feel on what real, authentic currency feels like. I mean, obviously counterfeits come a long way, but I, I, I personally probably couldn't tell the difference. But when you're trained properly, you should be able to tell the difference between the authentic feel of money, paper money, and the counterfeit money. So obviously, how about the same in our lives? If someone spends time with you, not like, hey, oh yeah, Jacob's, Jacob's authentic. Not like in a weird way like that, like I just did. Uh, but like if you spend time with somebody, you're, you're going to get to know, are they real? Are they authentic? And that's my hope for the UPS driver that shows up every single day and wants to hang out with us is I want him to see. He's actually verbally said, man, he's like, I like you guys a lot. something different about you guys. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you what it is. And so that's what, that's what people need to see. And if you get enough of the authentic, then you're going to know right away when something that's fake and phony comes along, you're going to know right away, like, nah, that's not, that's not it. And then number two, we need to call out the deceivers of those leading astray and don't get caught up in all these new age trends. Because it, honestly, every time I, I don't really turn on the TV a whole lot, but every time I'm on like social media or whatever, there's, or whatever, you know, there's just there's so many new age things. There's so, it seems like every day there's something new. And we know that we need to test it with the accuracy of the scriptures, just like Jesus did when he was in the wilderness and he came out and... Satan was right there, he tested it with the scriptures. So, and, and test, you know, those that are using scriptures to test them. Pastor B says it all the time, which I, I love that about him, is he, he says, be a Berean. And you can read a little bit more about the Bereans in Acts 17, 10 through 12. But they were listening to every little thing Paul said, and they were checking it with the scriptures to make sure it lined up. Do we do that? Or do we do that in our lives as well? Not just someone that's maybe a little bit more accountable. Sorry, Pastor B, but you are. You're, you're going to be a little bit more accountable. I'm going to be more accountable up here right now. Um, but I think it's good that we, we do that in our own lives too. We take heed to ourselves is what we're going to read in just a minute uh, of what Paul tells Timothy. Okay, so that was verse one. <laughs> Let's see if I could speed it up a little bit. Verse two, here we go. 
uh, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Okay, so these people that depart from the faith, they're going to be deceived. They're also going to have a seared conscience. That that's what comes from departing from the truth, the faith, rejecting it. It's an insensitivity and a dead to feeling. Can, can anybody here uh, re- relate to that at one point in their life before you came to Christ? Were you insensitive at all? Or maybe more so uh, and dead to feeling? Anybody? Yes? Okay, maybe just me. <laughs> I was very cold and a hard-hearted, insensitive person, like more than I am now. God has changed my heart. He's given me a new heart so that I'm compassionate towards other people. Not all the time, but I pray that he would give it to me more. Uh, I have, there, there has been bits and uh, little pieces of that. Uh, so I am grateful for that. We don't want to have a seared conscience. We don't want to be insensitive. And that's what these people are that he's talking about. Verse 3, he's talking about legalistic teaching from those who have departed from the faith. So they've rejected the faith, the word, they've rejected God essentially, right? And now they have, okay, well, if they've rejected that, then they have something else that they're going to be teaching. And they want other people to follow their teaching and their rules. And it's an attempt to be more strict, more spiritual, and essentially better than other people, which is the opposite of what we want to be. We want to be made low so that he can make us high. Now, this, these people that depart, they, have, they, they create their own, or, or what they think in their mind is um, their spiritual way, uh, their spiritual journey, their finding themselves, okay? Uh, that's what you want to be. We want to be careful of that. Uh, and, and it's, you know, forbidding to marry. Is that not more... Is that not happening more frequently? No, I know a bunch of people that they don't see any purpose in getting married anymore. They just live together. Forbidding to marry. This is the last days that we're in, guys. Commanding to abstain from foods. Think, I mean, come on. Think of all the things that people... I'm literally drinking a drink right now that's grass-fed, vegan. It's got about 20 different labels on it. It tastes good. Non-GMO, gluten-free, no soy, no kosher, or maybe it is kosher, I don't know. No artificial flavors, no art, I mean, it's got about 20 different things that it's not. And really when the scripture just says is God created to be received with thanksgiving, right? Don't, we don't have to abstain from foods. And there's nothing wrong with going on a diet, trying to eat healthier, uh, and say, you know, I'm going to take a break on the bacon every morning, um, than saying, oh no, you can't eat that. That will defile you. And Brian also talked a little bit about that um, a while back. But I think just in, again, in the latter times and what we're seeing here, there's a lot of new age stuff. There's a lot of don't eat meat and, and things that God said that were good. He said, give thanks, thanks for it. Receive by thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth for every creature of God, verse four is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And so it's a, in a spiritual matter, making healthier eating habits is fine. I already said that, but it doesn't, nothing we don't eat or eat makes us more spiritual. We just, we say, Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for 
providing it for me. Thank you for this blessing that I have food on my table. That's what I want to model to my, my family, my children, that we are thankful that God provide us, provided us this food. And you guys would be proud of me because I went ice fishing last, uh, last week with my boys and we caught fish. And for the first time, I brought it home, cut its head off, cut its tail off, gutted it and cooked it up and ate it. God provided that fish for us. Well, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so I've heard, I've heard that they're good. I have heard that they're good. But God provides. And so we, we were thankful for that food. Uh, all right, let me not lose track here. So we're, for it is sanctified by word and by prayer. Okay, let's go ahead and go to six. Gotta, I really got to get moving here. A good servant of Jesus Christ is the title or subheading to this. Uh, verse six, if you instruct the brethren in these things, what things? The things that we just talked about, right? The departing of the faith, the deceiving spirits, the doctrine of demons. You, you, Paul was commanding Timothy that he needed to instruct the people of these things because this was happening. You will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. It was his job, his responsibility that he needed to instruct the brethren in these things. He needed to warn people of what was happening. Uh, and so he really does stress, he, he stresses the importance of it. And he also stresses the importance of living by example, being that authentic, you know, in conduct, in love, in purity. That's what people need to see. Nourished, I didn't even finish reading that verse, I apologize. Nourished in the words of, the, of faith and the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Jeez, I should have just finished reading that, my bad. Verse 7, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness for bodily exercise profits a little but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come okay so put ourselves in their error again real quick for verse eight and nine talking well let's not let's not skip old wives fables those would be words of man. Those would be um, the things, those deceiving things that we hear uh, that we have to reject and, and we match it up to the scripture and keep the priority and the focus on God's word. We don't need to be entertaining other doctrines of demons. You know, um, yeah, let's, let's just leave it at that. I'm not going to go any further on that. I really want to get into 8 and 9, which is in ancient Greek and Roman culture, they put a significant amount of emphasis on their condition of their bodies, right? Their statues, the Olympic Games came from there, Greco-Roman wrestling. It was all about being ripped and jacked and, and having that physique where I was like, oh man, this, is like, this guy's like a god. Look at how amazing his body is. It was all about fitness, all about pushing our body to the limit. And honestly, that's kind of like now too. I mean, we, we see a lot of the same things about people that are so infatuated with themselves and how they look in another uh, exercise program. I don't even know what, the, I mean, my dad had the, uh, shoot, Norda track. He had the, Bowflex, uh, what was it, Tony Gazelle on the Gazelle. I remember he had that. He used it like one time. It was like 2,000 bucks. Like, 
this world promotes and sells, you know, fitness so much and supplements. It's just like a billion dollar industry. And so there's so much focus on, on physical. What if, let's just say, what if, right? It, profit, it does profit a little, right? I'm, I'm trying to go back to the gym. I've been two weeks going back and I, I feel better. It's a good stress relief. Um, you know, muscles are not hurting as much anymore. I'm feeling a little bit more loose, limber. Uh, so there, are, there is some profit to exercising a little, going to the gym, we just saw. Uh, but what if we put, took all the emphasis that we put on exercise? You know, some of you remember when you were like in your early 20s. Uh, I remember I, wa- I went to the gym like two hours. I was like, oh yeah, two hours, got to work out. Then I do martial arts. You know, I wanted to be big and mean. I'm only 5'8", right? So I was like, um, what if I had put all, all that effort, supplements, understanding my muscles, how they work, uh, just all the things that can be put into human anatomy and trying to get bigger, tearing of the muscle fibers, healing properly, and eating, eating. Think about the eating. You need to eat lots of protein, right? There's certain things that you need to eat in order to get big and jacked. What if we put that into the spiritual exercise, a spirit, our spiritual life? All of those, how we break it all down. Maybe we do. Maybe some of us do. Some of you guys are looking pretty spiritually swole right now. That's a term, swole. It means you're ripped. <laughs> um, but like, for me, that's a challenge because it's like, whoa, I used to put a lot into physical. What if I put that same amount into my spiritual life? I would be a spiritual Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, he kind of cheated a little bit, didn't he? Um, so, I don't know, that's challenging to me to put the same commitment towards godliness. We see here, it says, but godliness is pr- profitable for all things. It's not just here and now and temporary. It has the promise of the life that now is and which is to come. So not only does it profit now to have that, but it's also going to the life that is to come. This is a faithful saying, verse 9, and worthy of all acceptance. So how can two people, just to touch on this just a little bit more, how can two people give their life to Christ at the same time, but one of them be a little bit more spiritually fit than the other? Think about that for a second. One of them is just putting in some more spiritual reps. If two guys started at the gym at the same time, what would make one bigger than the other if they go the same time every day and work the same muscle groups? One would be that, um, actually I have no idea where I was going with that. I'm going to be quite, quite honest. But um, where was I supposed to go with that? I just got so caught up in working out over here and being, I want to be spiritually fit. What, what would, I guess the difference would be was one would be more, one is dedicated uh, and spending more time, I guess, is, is what I was thinking. So if two people start at the same time, one person, they, they go, maybe one person goes a little bit more, but maybe they also focus on their eating habits. There's a guy that I used to go to the gym with, and we would both work out at the same time, work the same muscle groups, but afterwards he would go eat McDonald's and Taco Bell. I kid you not. And I'm thinking, what, dude? That doesn't even make sense. But on a spiritual sense, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Right. I meant to say if they weren't doing, they weren't eating the same. That's, a good, um, that's actually a great way to take it as well. So I, I understand that because my matter of the heart when I was working out wasn't to be like, oh, I'm going to use my muscles to help someone lift stuff. It was all about me. It was all about me, the way I looked. And I told myself to not, I was deceived because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it all about, I'm not going to do the, the picture in the mirror and stuff like that, that <laughs> the gross stuff that happens when you, when you do that. Um, all right, let's continue. So same thing on a spiritual, on a spiritual thing is the person that's getting up, the reading daily, morning and night, praying throughout the day, trying to soak in as much as they possibly can, being used for the Lord in, in teaching and, and ministries, that person's going to be really putting in some serious reps, not just here, but think of all the benefit that comes, I don't know how to say benefit, but think of all the reward that comes from when we pour into people's lives with um, the spiritual stuff that has been shown to us and given to us. There's a greater reward. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Okay, so let's just, uh, uh, let's stop there because then it's gonna be like the last little section here. So we see that this is, this is why we labor. This is why we suffer reproach or shame. It's because we are trusting in the living God. We're laboring for him. We're not doing all the spiritual workout for ourselves. It's a matter of the heart. And it's because he's the savior of all men, who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. So he's the savior of all men, not in like a universal sense, but that there is one Savior, 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 Savior for all men. There's only one. He died for all, for whoever would believe, but we know that not everybody will believe. His death is adequate to save all, but it's really only effective for those who put their faith in him and believe and trust in him. Does that make sense? Hopefully I didn't butcher that too much. <laughs> Try not to. All right, and the last one, and this is the one that I have highlighted in bold, and I got four minutes. This is the one that God really shook me up right here, this section. And it's, it's titled, Take Heed to Your Ministry. When I was praying the beginning of this year on whether or not I should continue serving in ministry in Old Town. This is what he brought me to. <laughs> take heed to your ministry. Let's take a step back. Let's pay close attention to it and let's see, see what, uh, what I have for you, Daniel. He says, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now we know that this is Paul Writing to Timothy, right? I've said that multiple times. Most of you guys probably way more versed in this section than I am. But have you ever read something where you know the context is important and it is Paul talking to Timothy? But have you ever read something where like this 
felt like it was speaking directly to you as well? Yes? Okay. Because that's what I felt like when I was reading this, when I was asking these questions in my head and praying, praying out loud. Uh, I know young youth is actually a term that can be anywhere from, I don't know, teens up to 30s. In the 30s could still be considered a youth, at least back then. Uh, and still to now, I guess. And I have not always been the most mature person. Um, I've have, I have portrayed myself immaturely at times. And I don't, I want, I don't want to be despised because of my youth. And, and I don't think it's despised as like, there's nothing good that can come from the youth. There's, the youth is what we need to be pouring into. They're going to be the next generation those are the ones that we should be taking the extra time to share with them and pour into them. But he says, this is what you're going to do, Tim. Some people are going to probably look down to you or maybe not take you serious because you are young. But all you got to do is be an example. And how do you do that? You do it by believing in the word. You do it by conduct, what we do, right? what we say. We do it in love, how we treat others. We do it in the spirit, so we want to be known as young people that walk in the spirit, led by the spirit. We do it in faith. We do it in purity, right? So we live a pure life um, without blame. 13, it says, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. So Paul's going to come eventually. And he says, before that, though, make sure you're actually getting into the word and studying it. Exhortation, building up other people. The doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on hands of the eldership. Do not neglect the gift. This is a, uh, to be brought back to the ancient Greek term, it's, charismatos and it refers here to varying spiritual gifts that were given to timothy but also to all believers as i started at the beginning of this we've all been given a gift god has gifts for us and he's encouraging timothy to not neglect the gift that was given to him are we neglecting the gifts that have been given to us do we even have, do we even know what our gift is? Are we praying and asking and asking God to give us a gift? This is going to go off here in a second. Shoot. Um, spiritual growth doesn't just happen. It is a gift. Give me, give me like five more minutes. Let's just restart it. <laughs> spiritual growth doesn't just happen. It is a gift of God, and it is given to those who actively pursue it. I like that. It doesn't just happen. You don't get big muscles physically just by sitting around. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen just by sitting around. And we have to actively pursue it. That is the challenge to us, is are we actively pursuing it? It is the beginning of the year, and it is a great time to start yielding and taking heed to ourselves, paying attention to what God has for us, t- pay, t- paying, taking, um, uh, making attention. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Taking, paying, I'm just making up words. 
paying, I think that's what I was looking for, attention to the ministry that he has us in and actively pursuing it. This is uh, great, great uh, words that was spoke to me. Uh, meditate. 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely, right? Underline that, entirely to them. Not half, don't give your, yourself half to them, but we have to give ourselves entirely to it. And that's, that's a challenging word. And it's that your progress, progress moving forward, may be evident to all. So these things that he just mentioned to him, he needs to really chew on it, really make it a part of his life and who he is. And it's so that there is progress and people will be able to see it. Now, he doesn't do it just so that people will see it, but it's being an example. Or look, if someone looks down on you because you're young, well, show them that you're, you're committed and that you're real. If they were to look at your life, would it, would it line up? Verse 16, it says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So we just need to just, we need to take heed to ourselves and the doctrine. We need to pay care, careful attention that we're not straying away from who God called us to, the gifts that he's given us, because I think it just happens. If we're not actively pursuing spiritual growth, we can just slowly start to drift away. And that's when we have, as a, it's the new year. We're going to be fasting. I'm really excited. I haven't fasted in a long time. And I'm taking this up as a challenge to really pay careful attention to where, where is my life right now? Am I where God wants me to be? Or have I kind of got off path a little bit? I definitely am not departing from the faith. And I'm not giving myself to deceiving doctrine or, or spirits. But am I using the gift that God has freely given have we taken heed so i'm just going to wrap it up right here with in conclusion have we taken heed to our ministries right it's the beginning of the year people set goals they set resolutions they talk about going back to the gym like i have physical health maybe hey i'm going to really try to get my health under control this year i just kind of let go i let it go i didn't pay close attention to it i was too focused i wasn't wasn't prioritizing what needs to be prior, priority. Maybe relationships. Hey, I want to just build better relationships with people this year. Those are, those are good things. There's nothing wrong with that. But how about we also consider taking heed to our ministries? Check ourselves. I already said that. The doctrine, God's word. How much are we spending time in it? Because if not, then it's like, well, in the previous section, it talked about giving heed, that same word, taking heed. We either can take heed to ourselves, our ministries, or our doctrine. But there's also a giving heed to deceiving spirits. And so I think if we're just, we're focused on what God has for us, that he would reveal what he has to us. He can make it clear like he has for me when I sought him out with my whole heart. He made it very clear. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I need things clear. Because then otherwise I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of coasting. And then let's stay focused on proclaiming, promoting, and protecting the faith, the truth, the way. 
and yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. I could go on and on, and I didn't even stick to what I said, so I apologize. The brothers in arms group, I've been talking about trying to follow through and, and let your yeses be yeses, your knows me knows. Uh, brothers in arms is the first Friday of every month at 6 p.m. I would love to see you guys there, and I'm going to make an attempt to come to more men's breakfasts. I don't know, I don't have a good reason as to why I haven't been coming. So these are things where we can take heed and give close attention to. Let's pray. All right, well, Lord, I was a little bit more long-winded than I was imagining it in my mind, so I apologize, Father. But uh, I do believe that your word was all in that, and there was something for each and every one of us. And it's amazing that you would speak to us uh, so clearly at times. We, we, We wish it was always clear. God, I just ask for wisdom that we would understand you more, that we would take heed, we would pay close attention to your word and where you have us, that we would reevaluate our lives today and moving forward. And as we fast, Lord, to seek to be less dependent on the things of this world, I pray that we would lean on you more and more each day uh, and take heed to the things that you would have us to. Lord, that bodily exercise has a little bit of profit, but a spiritual exercise is much more profitable here now and what is to come. I look forward to what is to come. We are in the last days, the latter times, where people are giving themselves to many different things, Lord. I pray that we would stand fast on the word as a body, Lord, here, a group of men, that we would be of the same mind, Lord, of of the faith together. Please strengthen us, Lord. Make us leaders. Make us the men of God that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.